If you have your Bible today, turn to Luke 24, verse 36. I want to share a story from after the resurrection of Jesus that has a direct link to Christmas, the birth of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you uh, for the wisdom of your word. We thank you that we can always uh, hear from you if we have ears to hear. Um, Lord, we, um, we know we don't deserve your love, but we thank you that you love us so much. We thank you for the joy that you give us, for the hope that you have for us. Now, Lord, help us to live up to the life that you would have us to experience if we would just believe in you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 24, Jesus has risen from the dead. Luke records the resurrection of Jesus, the reporting of the resurrection to the disciples. The disciples don't believe it quite yet. The story of Jesus walking with two followers on the road to Emmaus, they're headed seven miles out of town. He reveals himself to them. They come back to the disciples. And now they're meeting, the disciples are meeting in a room later on. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up. And this is what happens. Verse 36, as they were saying these things, Jesus himself stood in their midst and he said to them, peace to you. Because apparently he just kind of shows up, whether he just sort of instantly appeared or walked through the walls, whatever. It was the kind of thing that doesn't happen very often and they're startled. So his first words are peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. I mean, who could walk through, who could appear like this? Why are you troubled, he asked them, and why do, you, why do doubts arise in your heart? By the way, don't hear shame there. Hear Jesus asking them to examine themselves. What's causing the shame? What's causing these doubts? What's causing your trouble? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they're still amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, underline that if you have your Bibles, their disbelief, in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, um, do you have anything here to eat? So, the, he, uh, so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took and ate it in their presence. Fascinating bit of a story here. They have disbelief because of joy. That's not exactly, it's a kind of a, um, if not an oxymoron, at least it's something that's unexpected. I mean, a lot of people have disbelief because of suffering. I mean, the leading reason that people throw away their faith, say they don't believe in God, is because of the realities of evil and pain. If there's a God in this world who is good, how can there be evil? So we're not surprised when people have disbelief because of suffering. Neither are we surprised with disbelief because people struggle with the evidence. There are a lot of people that say, oh, I'm, I'm you know, um, Bertrand Russell said, you know, what are you going to say if you die and, and, and you discover there is God? God he's going to say, well, why didn't he give me more evidence? Well, God gave him plenty of evidence, but there are a lot of people that just don't buy the evidence. Their evidence is the reason they don't believe. By, by the way, one of the wonderful things about this passage is that Jesus is giving them evidence. 
you know, Jesus is in the flesh. He's inviting them not only to touch his hands and feet and to see that he has a physical body, but he eats because ghosts don't eat. He eats because his body has all the systems of a normal human body. He gives us evidence that he really did rise from the dead, not just as an idea, not just in spiritual form, but in bodily form. The evidence is good. Their disbelief is because of joy. Their disbelief is because it's just too good to be true. And I got to thinking, have you ever, when you think of, of times, have you ever had those moments where it's just like, I can't believe it. It's too good to be true. When we talked about this with my Saturday morning men's Bible study, one of the things that several of the men said was, yeah, it's like that day on your wedding day when you see your bride coming down the aisle on the arm of her father. And you're so joyful. It's, you're, it's like you're pinching. This is too good to be true. I had a friend who said in, in that group who said it was for him, it was kind of like the time he thought a friend of his died. He had read in a paper about his friend being in a car accident, serious car accident, drove off a bridge collapse. But then a couple of years later, he saw his friend at the Pentagon. He's like, wait a second, you're alive? You know, it's like, this is too good to be true. Somebody else said, um, it's kind of like when um, they expected to hear the news that their daughter-in-law was had miscarried. Um, she'd miscarried previously, and all the signs were indicating that um, that she had just miscarried again. And so it was just kind of a formality to go to the doctor and be given the worst word. But he said, when he got the call and was expecting the worst and he heard, no, the baby's healthy. It's such a joy. It's like, this is too good to believe, too good to be true. Another person said, it's kind of like when you've been deeply hurt, when something horrible has happened to you. And yet God promises that he can redeem the worst of hurts, the worst of offenses, the worst catastrophes that you could ever experience. God promises he can redeem. It's just, it's hard to believe. It's like it's too good to be true. Maybe for some of you, it's a change that you've always longed for, but it's never come. And you have to just have a hard time believing you could ever get free. You could ever, your marriage could ever be like that. Your habits could ever be like, you could ever experience, but you could ever overcome your anxiety. It's just too good to believe to be true. You know, Christmas is a time when Mary got word that she thought was too good to be true. The angel comes to her and says, Mary, you're going to have a son and he's going to be the son of God. And Mary thinks this is too good. How can this be? She says to the angel, because I've never been with the man, with the man. And the angel explains it to her. She's going to be, uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon her. And then he says, at the, uh, toward the end of that, 
for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is too good to be true if it's God's will, if God's power is present, making it happen. And so the challenge for Mary is stop doubting and believe. And so the challenge is for all of us. You know, Christmas is a season of joy. I bring you good news of great joy, says the angel. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. They had to believe, had to find it hard to believe that Jesus was actually the savior. God with us. So much reason for joy if they would just believe. And, and quite frankly, what we see is that they struggled to believe what the angels said until after the resurrection of Jesus. So the question for us here today is, what are you finding what, what are you finding that could be so joyful that you just find it too good to believe? There's a part of you that's just saying, you know, if God would do that thing, that would be a great thing for his glory and for my good and my joy, but I, it just seems impossible. Is there anything you feel challenged right now that you don't believe because of joy? Remember the resurrection of Jesus. Remember the words of the angel to Mary. Nothing is impossible with God. Stop doubting and believe. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God of joy who wants to bring great joy. Help us, Lord, to believe. We believe. Help our unbelief. Lord, I believe that you can heal. I believe that you can heal the sick. I believe that you can heal those who have cancer. I believe that you can heal broken hearts and depressed souls and damaged marriages and damaged emotions and dark futures. And yet at the same time, Lord, there's there's that part of us that believes that joy is just too much, too great to believe is possible. Lord, I thank you that nothing is impossible if it is your will, that you have all power. Lord, I thank you that nothing is impossible because of your love for us, because your love for us is so great. So Lord, would you wash us, bathe us in your love? Empower us with the presence of your Holy Spirit for your glory, that people would see your joy, your victory in our lives. We praise you, God, because we really do believe that nothing is impossible with you. Through Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Have a nice, have a, have a Merry Christmas.